0: This podcast is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, award-winning wealth managers who go above and beyond to support and guide you. Visit CanDoWealth.com to start building your wealth with confidence.
1: Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Isabel Hardman and I'm joined by Katie Balls and Fraser Nelson. Well, we've just had uh, confirmation that Boris Johnson and Rishi Sunak and indeed Boris Johnson's wife, Carrie, are to receive fixed penalty notices from the Metropolitan Police over lockdown parties. Katie, just give us a few more details on what we've learnt.
2: Yeah, so we had the news, as we discussed, because this is a twice a day podcast, who knows it could be free depending on what happens next. We had the news that 30 more fi- fixed penalty notice had been issued. And now, as you say, confirmation that that includes Boris Johnson, his wife, Carrie Johnson, and the Chancellor. Now, of the three, I think the most surprising is Rishi Sunak. We know that the incident relating to Rishi Sunak is the birthday cake meeting where Boris Johnson was presented with a cake. Some reports say that's by his wife, Carrie Johnson. And Rishi Sunak was there. They ate cake. I think there was some happy birthday singing. And that was the only one relating to Rishi Sunak. I think, therefore, there was a the sense that the Chancellor was less likely. It still was possible because we knew he had a questionnaire to receive a fine, whereas Boris Johnson was facing more, more charges in terms of various events um, that had been referred and were being looked at by Sue Gray. In terms of where this goes, I mean, I think it's an interesting one. It does feel as though, you know, two months ago, we were talking about Boris Johnson receiving a fine as there is no way for a Tory prime minister to get away with that. That would be the end of Boris Johnson. We are just in the immediate aftermath of this. But in those two months, quite a lot has changed in terms of um, Ukraine, in terms of cost of living. And I think we've got to wait to see if there really is an appetite amongst Tory MPs to go for a confidence vote because... We also have a situation where Rishi Sunak has a fine now. This comes after Rishi Sunak has been under a lot of pressure recently, as I write about in the magazine this week. He is um, being viewed differently by Tory MPs these days. They don't think he lacks political nous in terms of how he handled his wife's um, non-dom tax status story, and, and a few other things like that. Really following on from the spring statement, which misfired. So, I think. One of the factors in terms of how MPs feel about Boris Johnson in a confidence vote is who do you replace Boris Johnson with? And it feels like the most obvious candidate is severely uh, wounded at the moment, not helped by this fine. I've just thrown one more quick thought there, which is what happens if one of the two men decides to resign after receiving a fixed penalty notice? We know Boris Johnson has no plans to. Various ministers have told us he doesn't need to. Jacob Rees-Mogg has suggested these stories are effectively fluff. But were Rishi Sunak, no confirmation yet, to take a different line that could put pressure on Boris Johnson?
1: Fraser, the Conservative MPs I've already spoken to are really very upset about this but they are not in parliament this week they are in recess what difference do you think it makes having those few days before MPs return next week to the House of Commons
0: I think it does make a difference because it gives them time to think it through. If there are 54 Tories who want to call a vote of no confidence in Boris Johnson, that's what um, will happen. A a a a Davey, the Lib Dem leader, is calling for exactly that right now. Uh, Nicola Sturgeon, SNP leader, has said that she wants him to resign. There was a time, of course, where Tory MPs were minded to no, v- vote of no confidence in Boris, but said, oh, let's wait until this partygate investigation is finished and let's see if he's fined, because lawmakers cannot be lawbreakers, and if he's broken the law, then he should go. Well, now it's clear he did break the law, laws which he and those others number ten designed and inflicted upon the rest of us, when you can argue, I certainly would there was never any need to criminalize the lockdown regulations. they could have been left advisory as they were in Sweden and other countries. So given that those number ten chose to send the police after those who violated their lockdown rules, should it be a resigning issue if they themselves broke those rules? Now, I think that um, it makes a big difference, because previously you might have thought, well, Rishi Sunak would be prime minister if Boris Johnson um, got uh, done. But now, of course, not only has Rishi Sunak been um, Uh, done himself for breaking lockdown rules. His star has fallen quite a lot during the interregnum with people um, basically accusing him of being a a kind of globalist poseur who's just passing through Britain on his way back to Santa Monica. So he's got his own kind of battles to fight right now. All of this, I think, makes it less likely that the Tories will um, call a vote of no confidence in him next week when they get back. There is no clear successor right now. And these things are always a choice. Who is the most likely candidate? Would that person be better than Boris? Right now, probably I would say Liz Trusser, Ben Wallace. Now, do the Tory MPs want one of those in number 10 rather than Boris Johnson? If not, then they shouldn't call a vote of, of no confidence. So right now, I think, I think it was unlikely to be one, but it's a fool's game predicting anything in this rather fast-moving story.
1: Katie, what about the Labour Party? Because Keir Starmer could call a vote of no confidence in the government on the floor of the House of Commons, couldn't he? Do you think he will?
2: Well, I think, as has been touched on, the positive of this being during recess is you... Don't have the opposition parties able to play various stunts in terms of the Commons Chamber to apply pressure, and you also don't have Tory MPs meeting one another in person and discussing and plotting in that sense. I think clearly Labour want to going to apply um, maximum pressure in terms of what they can do on this, and I think the fact that Rishi Sunak has also received a fine is something Labour really want to weaponise. We know how hard they've been trying to land blows on not just Boris Johnson, but Rishi Sunak, if you look at the various attacks over Rishi Sunak's wife's non-DOM status. And I think there was a concern at one point, if we rewind the hands of time to early on in Partygate, that the Tories would quickly oust Boris Johnson, bring in a new leader and and the rest of the party would not be contaminated by party gate the fact that the person who's seen as a bright shiny successor has also received a fine take away the, you know the the rights and wrongs of that situation in terms of what uh both are doing is really um you know doing labor's work for them in many ways of, of landing the fact that this is a conservative wide problem so I think we could see things like this. But I also wonder just in terms of what this means for the Tory party, you now have the two leading figures, the Prime Minister and the Chancellor, both being found to have broken the rules. And while I agree with Fraser that right now, we're just not picking up or at least the talk ahead of this was really MPs actually didn't want to even think about what happened. There was a fixed penalty notice. I think they wanted to talk about the war instead. But I think Generally, there was a sense that now is not the time to have a confidence vote. The situation in Ukraine is still very serious, serious. But how sustainable, I think is a question some Tory MPs are going to be asking, to have the two front-facing members of this government, both having received fixed penalty notices. And even if that might not mean a confidence vote in the next week or so, how sustainable that is at the next election It's unlikely, I think, much would change before local elections. But I think we're perhaps seeing why local elections are going to be more and more a verdict on um, the leadership of not just Boris Johnson, but also actually, I think, Rishi Sunak and the two of them.
1: Fraser, let's talk now about the voter response, because everything we've said so far has really focused on the Conservative Party's uh, internal reaction. As we saw in 2015 with the Liberal Democrats, they thought, and Westminster thought, that their U-turn on tuition fees had been priced in. And it turned out the electorate did not feel that way at all. And that was a policy You uh, turn These are fixed penalty notices being issued by the police who think that Boris Johnson and Rishi Sunak have broken the law. So do you really think that this will have been priced in by voters come the next election?
0: A lot of Boris Johnson's uh, misbehaviour is priced in with voters. He's uh, in many ways a kind of gravity-defying um, politician who uh, manages to shake off Accusations and indeed misdeeds that would have sank other candidates. I think in this case, voters are richly entitled to feel aggrieved because it were, there were, look, tens of thousands of people were given fines under Boris Johnson's regime. I remember Manchester police was doing a raid on people having kids' birthday parties. I mean, those who had to live through this regime should never forgive him, I think, for a situation where, first of all, he, he imposed the, the, these things, these unnecessary laws in the first place. And secondly, while his own colleagues were so wantonly violating them, having you know parties and discos like the day before Prince Philip's um, funeral, um, for example. Boris Johnson's opinion poll rating, which was his most prized possession, has been absolutely tanking. During Partygate, I think he became one of the least popular prime ministers for about 20 years or so. He re- recovered a little bit to the Ukraine conflict, where he seemed to have performed well, has lifted him up from those record lows, but he's still pretty low. And the funny thing about these approval ratings, you can see them on the Spectator's Data Hub website, is that they tend to only go one way for prime ministers. They can zigzag a bit, but by and large, you never quite win back faith when voters lose faith in you. Um, So that is Boris Johnson's situation, the fact that he's been issued with a fixed penalty notice, simply confirms that he was, as many voters have concluded, guilty as charged. So we'll see what, um, I think, what the May elections... Uh, have to say about this. That will be people's first choice to express their approval or disapproval in national governments. That's not what they're for. Of course, they're technically for electing your local council, but they're always coloured and flavoured by national politics. But when you look at the bookmakers' odds, I was looking at what Ladbrokes has done recently. They say there is now a two-to-one chance that Boris Johnson resigns this year, a 10 to 3 chance as he resigns next year. But the most likely option, 10 to 11, is 2024 or later. So the bookies think that the most likely option is that the Prime Minister survives until the next election and beyond it. Also interesting to see who's now... Um, the next Conservative Party leader Liz Truss is number one. Tom Tugendhat is number two. Then comes Sunak. Then comes Jeremy Hunt at nine to one. So those will be the names in in the Tory MP. I, I think they 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 put all them and put Ben Wallace here should get more of a look in than he does. But those will be the names people were thinking about when they think should Boris go.
1: Okay. And finally, I'm going to put each of you on the spot and ask whether you think that Boris Johnson and or Rishi Sunak will still be in position in a month's time. Katie first. I don't
2: think there's any chance that Boris Johnson resigns because we've been repeatedly told that he does not plan to. I think that there's a question mark over Rishi Sunak um, in the sense that, will he take a different view? Because I think it was seen as a less serious prospect, Rishi Sunak receiving a fine, We he's never been pressed in an interview and what happens if, if he gets a fine. Um, so I think there's one to watch as a question mark. But then I wonder in the sense, this morning before this fine emerged, I was speaking to various figures in government and there was a sense that Rishi Sunak could be moved in a reshuffle probably a summer reshuffle so I might be pushing your deadline past the month Isabel. Well. but if they both stay put does it get harder for Boris Johnson to move Rishi Sunak now Rishi Sunak has a fine and he has a fine because I, I do wonder if um it may be down to cost of living and various other things but it could start to look as though he is punishing someone for something that he also has and I, and I wonder if um they might be a bit tied up now together.
0: Boris Johnson is not the resigning type. He's not the apologising type either. He's brazened out far worse situations than this, and I would be amazed if, if anything would make him resign. Of course, the one thing that would put the most pressure on him is if his Chancellor were to resign. Now, you can see that happening, actually. It's not implausible. I mean, Rishi Sunak has had a pretty difficult few weeks. If he were to resign over this, then everybody would know this was an occasion not where he was having a a booze-up in the Treasury. He's teetotal. He's been quite traumatized by the Partigate revelations because they were just so far away from anything that he would do himself as Chancellor. His mistake was to show up, I think, ten minutes early for a meeting with the Prime Minister, and he caught this, this birthday cake celebration where I think the press photographer was there, they were all singing happy birthday to him. I imagine that's why he's received the fixed penalty notice. So if he were to resign over this, arguing on principle that lawmakers should not be lawbreakers, he would do so without anybody saying he was really guilty of any lockdown infringement. It would be a technicality. But also, if he would do so, then how could we possibly have a situation where the Chancellor resigns for exactly the same thing as a Prime Minister, but the Prime Minister doesn't resign, even though it was under his watch that all these parties were happening anyway? Right now, I'd say this is an um, interesting hypothetical. I struggle to see it really happening, but right now I'd say also that Rishi Sunak does have a little bit of leverage over Boris Johnson. Over the last week or so we know, or rather we read, that the Chancellor has felt a bit let down by Number 10. He suspects that somebody in Number 10 leaked the fact that his wife was a non-dom to the papers. And in effect, sort of sent the dogs after him in the traditional prime ministerial um, tactic of trying to destabilise a potential successor. Well, right now, I think Rishi Sunak is the more powerful of the two, because if he left right now, it'd be very difficult for Boris Johnson to stay, which is why I suspect that both of them will stay. Um, I could be wrong, though, but um, we'll, I guess, will not have too long to wait and see.
1: Thank you, Fraser. Thank you, Katie. And thank you for listening.